If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. This week we're so lucky to be joined by audiobook producer, voice artist and cartographer of the Narrator's Roadmap, Karen Commons. Karen, thank you so much for joining me on the show. How are you today? I'm pretty fabulous, John. Thanks so much for asking me to be here. As is tradition on this show, I'd really love to start with a little about your background. Um, could you tell us about how and when you began your voiceover and audiobook journey? I'd love to do that. <laughs> talk, talk about me? Oh, sure. I'm glad to do that. Um, it, it's actually, and, and I think maybe it is with most people, but I, it's really true of me, been an evolutionary thing from the time I was a child. It actually started when I was in fifth grade. I named a helicopter in a contest. That's a whole other story for another day. But part of the prize was doing a public service announcement on TV. And I remember when I saw the playback, I wasn't too thrilled about how I looked because I was looking way up at the teleprompter, but I loved how I sounded. And, and it just started there. And so I always knew I wanted to do voiceovers. I went to college and graduated in, with a uh, bachelor's in radio and TV journalism. And I worked at a radio station for a little while. But like many people, I put my dream on the shelf because I needed more money. And I came back to it years later and um, I, I started volunteering for the blind. And I thought, well, that, that'll be enough. That's all I need to do. But the more I did, the more I wanted to do. So then I started taking voiceover workshops. Then I started working as a voiceover talent. And I never really loved working in commercials or e-learning. Yeah. I always wanted to do audiobooks. In 1996, in fact, I wrote to Frank Miller, uh, Frank Muller, excuse me, who has sadly passed away, but he was, was and still remains a top-tier audiobook narrator. And I just asked him a few questions of, did he work at home or how did he get the books? And this was in 1996. Yeah. And so I took a workshop from Pat Fraley in 2006 and it's just progressed from there. And in 2013, I decided I'm not going to do any other kind of voiceover work because I don't like it. Why waste my time in that field? So. From 2013, it's been all audiobooks all the time. What do you think it is about audiobooks as a medium that draws you in as a performer as opposed to other forms of voiceover work? You're telling the whole story. I've always loved to read. I started reading at an early age. When I was in sixth grade and they tested my reading, I was reading with the comprehension of a junior in college. So I've always loved reading. I've always loved the whole story aspect of it and so to be able to take that love of reading and share it with somebody else and read that story to them i just can't think of anything better to do <laughs> with uh, my life for a, a work uh, aspect so it, it's really that innate love of reading and telling the story that makes me want to do it every day 
Yeah, I you know I I always find it fascinating, especially when um talking to actors who then go on to narrate audiobooks, and they always say that we, um they like turning to audiobooks because they get to play all the parts, and I think that's such a fun answer. And and you actually you're absolutely right, being able to take on board that story and 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 lead someone through that entire journey is um it's a privilege, isn't it? It really is, and and it's a joy, mm. and it's being immersed in the author's world for a little bit and not in our crazy world, which we get enough <laughs> of that. So to be able to, to escape into a whole other dimension and time. And, and I, I like to say I'm, I'm a tour guide to another time and place because yeah. that's what books do for us. And to be able to share that in another medium just makes it all the better. And yeah. you mentioned acting. I mean, I never, I never did acting in school. I was in band. And so I was always on a music track and I never did any sort of acting until I became a narrator. And then I had to learn how to act. <laughs> did that come easy for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, some of it comes naturally in terms of feeling the emotion, but being able to express it in a good way is not always natural like in my head i think it sounded one way and i hear the playback and it's it's flat so it's it's something to perpetually work on to improve performance so that it it is being the best service of the text and being expressive and natural at the same time um, yeah i get that i'm always um i'm always fascinated by how different a narrator's process can be from their peers, even though on the face of it, it's the same job. So what's a typical day in the life for you on a recording day? I like to have a leisurely schedule about things. Mm. I've worked a whole career in IT and being up before the crack of dawn and commuting and putting up with other people and solving problems and all the stress of that. So I think I've done enough of that and mm. I don't do that now. So now I get up when I want to, which is not before the crack of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband and I eat breakfast together. We usually go out for something and or he'll make it because I don't cook. And then, you know, somewhere between... 11 and noon, usually, we would start recording. Mm. And if it's a lovely pool day, we'll stop so we can go out to the pool and we might come back later and record more in the evening. It just depends on mm. the deadline. But, you know, I generally, I like to record in mid-morning to early afternoon and then have the afternoon and evening free to do other things. Do you find that that sort of not having so much as a, a not having such a rigid schedule when recording? Do you find that sort of impacts your creativity positively? Well, yes, because if you're just feeling stressed, that's going to come out in your performance. Mm. And I feel like it allows me to have time, as I said, to do other things, which may be write an article or add something to narrator's roadmap or. Mm sometimes even create a video so it allows me to be more creative and express myself in different ways i read on your website that when producing an audiobook you prefer clean reads 
Could you tell us a little bit more about what you meant by that and, and, and that process? A clean read doesn't have a lot of, or usually doesn't have any kind of cursing. It won't have gratuitous sex or mm. and it, like contemporary romance has a lot of very explicit descriptions of sexual intercourse. And I don't want to do that. I mean, there's mm -hmm. plenty of people who do and then there's, I'm not knocking them, but I, I like a sweet romance. You know, they kiss, they hold hands. Mm -hmm. And it's left to the reader's imagination what else they do. Mm -hmm. And and they're not cursing and they're not there's there's not you know, there's no violence, there's not explicit sex, there's not cursing. Mm -hmm. It's just a, that's why it's called a clean read, because it doesn't have these other aspects. And and I personally think you can tell a good story without dropping the F word in every sentence. And and even though it's acting, I am very aware of every word that is coming out of my mouth. And if I don't want those words to come out of my mouth, then I'm just not going to take the book. I find that so um, so interesting. You're absolutely right. I mean, being comfortable as well with the material, that's going to help the performance and obviously the enjoyment of doing the whole thing. And that's the whole point. I get that completely. Um, I also read um, that you found audiobooks during uh, commuting back, uh, back and forth to work and as as well as being able to immerse oneself through an audiobook um uh, and you mentioned it being able to to keep you sane as well to keep sanity um so uh, as well as that uh, immersing oneself through an audiobook have you found uh, any other benefits or positive ways that audiobooks have affected your life um as opposed to, you know as well as you know you uh, um, affected your career well, in terms of my life, being one who loves to read, it allows me to read that much more because if I'm reading a book on my Kindle at night and I'm listening to a book when I'm walking the dog or when I'm sitting at the pool or yeah. in the car, then I'm able to consume that much more. And so for my life, it allows me to read twice as much. And in terms of professionally, it I'm always listening like each book is a master class because they are. And I'm listening to how the narrator is phrasing things, how how they're pausing, how they're just approaching the whole material. Are they doing big character voices or is it just the tiniest subtle brush strokes and thinking about why did they make that choice? Mm. And so listening to audiobooks is essential to moving forward and constantly learning and improving even though it's not something i'm actively doing it's not me practicing the text but it's me hearing how top tier narrators are doing their work and, and i'm learning from them in the process so are you always trying to be you know do you do you have like a, a practice of listening to audiobooks as, as often as you can then to, to keep ahead of the curve to see what these uh, other narrators are doing. Yes, but like I said, the main reason I started listening and the reason I mainly still love to listen is because it lets me read more. Yeah. So yeah. even though like this year my listening has fallen off some, I'm, I still am doing it as often as I can. Yeah. 
So Narrator's Roadmap is a website that has become the first port of call for anyone interested in the possibility of pursuing audiobook narration or, or production. Um, as creator and cartographer of Narrator's Roadmap, would you be able to speak about, about how Narrator's Roadmap came about? It, like everything else, has been an evolution. Mm -hmm. I've always been kind of the expert. I mean, this goes back to even when I was working in information technology and being a systems admin at the time, other admins would come to me with their problems and I would help them solve them. And sometimes they would come to me before they'd done any research or sometimes they would have done something and then I could build on what they've done and come up with some other alternatives for them to try. So even then I was doing that and even then I was writing software tips for all of the users and those things have followed me into all of audiobooks because I was in online forums on Facebook primarily and people would be asking questions and I research answers and I have read things and I know things and so I would answer them and I kind of grew known because I was answering questions and it just built from there because then this one group I'm in, it's an ACX narrators and producers group, I created an FAQ because some of the questions were so frequent, obviously. So I created this FAQ. And then I decided, well, if I'm going to do all that, I might as well liberate things from Facebook and put it out here for the rest of the world to see. And if I'm going to spend my time on something, then I might as well make it benefit me instead of just being benefiting Mark Zuckerberg. So it, it really, like I say, has been an evolutionary process. And it, I had a soft launch in January of 2019 where I just had the homepage and I collected all of the articles that other people had written and a few other resources because the APA was having a, uh, some kind of webinar about if you're trying to get started. And what I found and what really surprised me was how many other narrators had this problem of, I mean, not that they, it's a problem, but we were all getting people approaching us. And, and what was so surprising to me is that it was such a relief for the community of narrators to now be able to have a point, a place to point people to so that they can answer the question, they can be helpful to people, but yet they're not spending time every day writing a new answer to people because nobody's really got time for that. So mm -hmm. it, it, that's been really very gratifying that so many people started referring newcomers to the site. And then the full launch was in September of 2019 where I added in all the back pieces including the the member content but there's so much free information on the site and and i work to make it have the greatest breadth and depth of any site about narration that you'll ever find i think you've uh, you absolutely hit the nail on the head there and uh, I, 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 I i can't stress enough how helpful that as a resource the site has been uh, for me but then also to uh, a lot of my listeners as well um, as you mentioned there is an option to sign up for a premium account with the site would you be able to tell us a little about what one could expect after signing up for for a premium account i would love to answer that question <laughs> thank you so much for asking that 
as I said, there's so much that's free. I have a lot of knowledge-based articles, especially some that deal with best practices, and, and they go into the specifics of the job, prepping the book, pre, uh, research pronunciation, and all those various phases of the book. And, and I have so many resources on each article. So those are free. And then on the Welcome Center page, you know when you go to the Welcome Center and you're crossing the state line, there's all these racks of stuff of people trying to give you info. Well, I have a whole bunch of them on, in my Welcome Center too, except these are people I've all, I've vetted all of them. I know them or people have given me testimonials about them because there's so much information out there about narration that is coming from people who don't necessarily have the experience to back it up. And so I'm trying to point people to the best resources, the most experienced people mm. who are not going to lead you astray. And I have over 20 categories of things there from, from books that you might need or other narrator databases or people who can help you with your studio. So all of that is free. But for the people who want more, I have a membership site. And in the membership site, the first thing is an event calendar. And I have eight types of events that I track from narrator training to book festivals to genre things. So you can follow the calendar and see about training opportunities coming up or plan trips. As some people go speak at conferences where authors are, are holding conferences or they uh, go to the book festivals and they, they go to these genre events. I mean, like romance has a lot of author reader signing things, which is a great way to get to go meet authors and, and maybe even be a panelist and talk about making audiobooks. So all of those kind of things are in the event calendar. Mm. And I have a um, section of video courses where I've created the video course. I have a 12 module course on I annotate because we, a lot of people use iAnnotate to mark up our PDFs as we're going into the booth. And I've got a lot of ways to make it work even better for you from customizing your toolbar to using, making a custom stamp so you can use, actually use emoticons in your oh, text. Because nice. yeah. if, you, if you put an emoticon in and you save it and you come back to it, you, all you'll get is a red box with a question mark. I've got a way around that and it's in my iAnnotate course. But I also have a course called Creating Your Own Path, and it's got three, three modules. Mm. One is how to find and research public domain books. One is how to prospect with authors. And one is publishing your own book. Mm. And with each module, there's tons and tons of resources linked for those, because I am the queen of links, and I will give you more links than the law allows. So with the Public domain, for instance, I have gone through the HathiTrust.org site and created a whole bunch of different collections of books that are in the public domain, or probably, I mean, you, you have to do your due diligence to make sure they are. Yeah. But biographies, I have history, I have, uh, I, can, I can't think of them, but it's several different categories of books where you could download the book and start recording that one. Yeah. And, and with the authors, the, um, for prospecting with authors, I have a bunch of different sites and newsletters that you might want to sign up for to help with that. Mm. In publishing, I just did create 
my audiobook distributor comparison chart, which seems to be the question that every author asks is, what distributor is the best for me? And then all the narrators are trying to help the authors answer that question. Well, I've compared six of them across 22 points, and members can look at that whole big chart and be able to guide authors or even publish their own books based on that information. And the biggest thing I think that's in the member site is the casting directory. Mm. It's the only place in the world that I know of that lists all the companies and the producers with the companies. Plus I link to resources where they've been interviewed on podcasts or they've been written in articles and so that you can hear them and learn about them and what they're looking for with mm. their casting. And all those things are member benefits. And then on every other Monday, I send a newsletter to tell you every single thing that I changed. So if I added cal a calendar entry, it's, I list that. If I made a change to the casting directory, and like just this week, I've had three producers leave different companies, or not that I had them leave, but I learned that three left, mm -hmm. and I updated those company links. So when the newsletter goes out, I think it's next Monday that the next one's due, that'll be, that'll be something that people will know exactly what changed. And so that helps yeah. people keep their own casting list updated. That is fantastic. Gathering so many resources from so many of the top voices in the industry, and do you like have to constantly have an open ear for helpful material? Like, I'd really love to know how you schedule narrator's roadmap work in order to keep on top of everything. It, you're right that I do constantly scan the horizon for new mm. content. So if I'm on Facebook and, and I'm on any social media site to progress my audiobook agenda, it's not because I'm a social person and I want to share my whole life. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I, I pretty much am on, on any site just for audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And like with Facebook, I really am only there in the narrator groups. I mean, that's my primary time and spent way to be on Facebook, not, not to just endlessly scroll stuff. And so if I see somebody posting a class, the first thing I do is decide, do I want to take it? Because then I can be first in line to sign up. And then I'll add it to the event calendar. If people post a blog article or a video, I, I look at them and see, is this something that I want to add? And if it is, then I do it. A lot of the things, though, it when I know I'm going to do a newsletter, usually like the Thursday or Friday before, I'll spend time on Clubhouse going through all the events coming up there to add them to the calendar. Mm. So there's a lot of it that's unplanned and a lot of it that's scheduled. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I'm interested because I did read, I believe it may have been on uh, on, on your personal website about um, getting sort of you discovering your love for marketing. 
And I just wondered if if you feel that marketing is an area that narrators specifically can very often overlook, especially in terms of, you know, sort of um, advertising their own brand or sort of pushing their own business. You know, they can sort of often focus more on the being a narrator and, and you know, the creative side and things and maybe not focus that much or maybe not um, excel maybe at the, at the business side of it and marketing themselves as a business. I just wondered if, if that rings true at all to you. I don't know. I can't really speak to that. But one thing I want to point out is, and, and this made a world of difference to me, was mm. an interview that I read with Seth Godin. I, I read it. I didn't listen to it because a lot of the ways that I save time is to read the transcript. <laughs> so, but I, I, this interview with him, and he talked about how everything you do is marketing. People are watching what you're doing and saying. And so you really are only having to convince the smallest number of people who are interested in what you do to pay attention. Mm. So I, I think that really takes the pressure off feeling like, oh, I have to market myself. Because if you think that every time I post on social media, that is somehow marketing myself. Yeah. You know, building out the websites that's, somehow marketing myself. And it, it really helps to, to realize that I don't have to necessarily have a marketing campaign. Not that that's not a good idea. And I don't necessarily have to have a marketing plan. Again, not that that's not a good idea. But thinking about just what I do being a way of marketing and making impressions on other people. I think is a very helpful approach. Mm. And, and while we're talking about this, I, if I could just interject, uh, the best book on this that I've seen is Austin Kleon's book, Show Your Work. And honestly, this book, it's very quick, short, easy read, but the whole concept of it, I can tell you has been true for me because remember when I said, people got to know me because I answered questions on Facebook. That was a way of showing my work. Everything I've written, every article on either KarenCummins.com or NarratorsRoadmap.com, everything I've written, every video I've done, these are all ways of showing my work. Mm. And that has helped people get to know me and, and learn to trust me. And I really liked that book and that approach and that way to think about marketing because Austin, Cleon was saying, and it's true that you, you know, you kind of look around of like scraps of things. People are very interested in the whole behind the scenes way of things getting done. So I know a lot of narrators are having success making TikTok videos. People are doing live reads on Discord servers. Mm. And the whole thing is you've got to be true to you because see, like I, I would be a, a nervous wreck doing a live read. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that. But writing, I love writing. I'm very good at writing. And that's kind of my wheelhouse. And that's how I've been able to share my work and show my work. Mm. And so if you think of looking around to see what am I doing that might be interesting to other people. I mean, I've even shared when I've done some kind of pronunciation research that led me to a really interesting video or some obscure fact that I thought was worth sharing. 
Those are great ways to show your work. And it's again, marketing yourself without really putting pressure on yourself to do marketing. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some real nuggets of wisdom in there. How has um, running Narrator's Roadmap helped you in your own audiobook production? Well, like I said, whenever I see a class, the first thing I do before I post it is decide do I want to sign up. So, you know, obviously, uh, I, I've been the benefit to jump on a class first many times. I've and when I look at what other people are doing to decide whether I want to share it, I mean, mm. I've seen how other people prep. I have an article of how to prep a book, and I have so many resources that link to how other narrators prep their books. And and I've taken things from other people that, oh, that's a, you know, that's a really good tip, or oh, that's an aha. And so it all kind of builds into my own, I keep going back to it, evolution in mm. the whole thing. And so really every, everything I'm looking at, I leave some part of itself with me. Mm. And then when I share it, 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 you know, becomes even bigger. You also appeared as a speaker with the ACX University, um, specifically on acting with intention. Um, would you be able to tell us about that experience and what viewers can expect when and checking that out if they haven't seen it already? Well, thanks for asking that. It, it, I actually have a blog article where I embedded the video and then I linked to all the resources I mentioned in the video. And then I included the chat that went on while this was happening. There was a Q&A. And so the article really has all of those pieces. But when I was talking with Scott Jacoby at mm -hmm. ACX Audible, it was we think acting as the performance aspect and that's not what i was talking about at all i was talking about the deliberate movement forward in your career like mm. i never chose a one-hour book to start i started with a longer book i always was looking with that future view of five years from now how do i want my portfolio to look so there's an intention in everything that I do, whether I'm contacting somebody about work or, or uh, this is long before Narrator's Roadmap even came up because that video was published in, I think, 2018. So it's all about making the choices in your career deliberately and with conscience and, and how do you want to go forward? And, who are the people you want to associate with and, and what do you want to learn? So it's really talking about those kind of topics. And like I said, the article mm. links to everything I talked about and has the, the chat question and answer that, so that way people can watch the video and they don't feel like they're missing something that, that was interesting in the chat. Fantastic. Well, what I'll do is I'll make sure that all links to everything mentioned, uh, everything referenced in this episode will be available in the show notes and a link to everything we've been discussed. So people can just click, uh, click and, and check that out firsthand. Um, as, a, as an award winning narrator recognized by the biggest publishers around, have you any advice for up and coming narrators who when they have their first major audiobook role or, you know, their, their first uh, role with a publisher, etc.? How can they um, leave the best first impression? Have you got any advice 
for them, which which you would you would live by yourself? Well, I would love to say I'm recognized by all the best publishers, but I'm not. Thank you for saying that, but I'm not. And I'm, I'm like everybody else in that regard. I'm always trying to put my best foot forward mm-hmm. and meet more people and get in with more publishers and more producers. So I think that's true of all of us. We're all looking to be part of more productions and with more companies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in putting your best foot forward, I guess the thing to know is that these people are incredibly busy. So you need to be succinct and precise in what you're saying and not send some long chatty thing. But you also need to to be yourself. And I think going back to showing your work, that's a good way to stand out without being pushy about it. Mm-hmm. Because there's also the thing of you don't want to come at something from desperation because people can tell when you're desperate. So I think showing your work gives you the confidence that you're doing good things and that you're willing to share it with other people allows you to be vulnerable because not everybody's going to like you or what you do, but that kind of builds that muscle of, I, I'm proud of this. I'm going to, to show it so that when you, do the productions and the listeners write some mean things about you. You can just say, well, you know, that's their opinion because mm-hmm. I know I'm doing good work. I, I, I think the bigger thing you're asking there is, I mean, like there's no magic thing that any of us can do, but the thing we all need to be is true to ourselves and be authentic mm-hmm. and be nice, be kind be you know the thing about social media you can't just badmouth people there because it gets around it's a small world so you need to be very conscious of what you're putting out in the world because i think what you put out in the world comes back to you and in a time in a way that you don't expect mm-hmm. so you want to put out kindness and generosity and helpfulness because those things will come back to you rather than mean things or or ugly things. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. I feel like I'm going off on a on a long spiritual sort of tangent, but I, I think, like I say, the way for me to to stand out has been to sh- find ways to show my work and be of service to others. Because I think that's where the meaning really is, is that you're part of a community and being able to help other people helps you in the long run. I couldn't agree more. I really resonate with that. And I think you're absolutely right. I think you have to lead with that sort of truth. Um, and, and that'll help you when the, when the sort of going gets tough as, as long as you sort of following what you believe is right. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, and please don't worry. That was, that answer was perfect. <laughs> What do you, um, I read, a, I read a, a, a recent blog post, I think it was your most recent one, and, and you mentioned also at the start of the uh, uh, podcast about um, your, your um, uh, about music and about your experience in, in music and you were in band, etc. Um, so uh, it may be music, it may be other things as well. What do you get up to when not producing audiobooks or working on Narita's Roadmap? 
Well, that was my most recent post until yesterday. Now I have a new one. <laughs> why it's not just reading that I, I wrote for authors who need mm -hmm. to know we're, we're doing so much more than just reading. Mm. But thanks for bringing that up. I, I do love music and I play the harp. I, I had been without a harp for six and a half years until this past July when now I have a harp again. So I'm playing my harp. I play flute and piccolo and piano, but I can't say that I'm playing those other three as diligently as I'm playing my harp because my harp mm. is the thing that brings me the most joy. Yeah. And I love to do needlepoint and I have a little schnauzer who's uh, needing attention and fun to play with, <laughs> but he's, he's 15 now, but he's, um, yeah. you know, he, he's needing a little more accommodation. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. But I, if it's a, if it's a nice day, I like to be out at the pool in the afternoons and sitting in by the pool, reading a book is, uh, one of the best things that that you can do and and just spend time with my husband i mean he's my director he's he's totally involved in everything that i'm doing in fact he was helping me test my little lavalier microphone for this meeting today and um we just like to be together and and you know even if we're just sitting watching tv in the evening it's just a nice way to be Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. We just have um, enough time for one more question, if that's okay. Um, have you anything approaching in the diary that you're looking forward to? Any upcoming projects that perhaps we can be excited for? <laughs> well, I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, there's a public domain project that I actually learned about the situation. Was it last year? I think, or two years now, I'm not sure, you know, with the pandemic, we've lost all sense of time, yes. but it, it's a murder. It was a murder investigation that happened in 1907. Well, it wasn't so much an, an investigation because we knew who did it. People mm -hmm. saw them do it, but I want to mash up some books that are in the public domain and create a new thing about this murder and I being slow to kind of get started on that because I don't know if I think it's daunting or I just had other things to do and there, there is a lot of that. So I'm excited about that. I several years ago had mashed up two books um, when Nellie Bly went on her solo trip around the world in 1889. She went east to on a ship to England and unbeknownst to her, her rival reporter Elizabeth Bislin got on a train and went west. So Nellie was trying to beat Phileas Fogg's imaginary 80 days around the world and Elizabeth was trying to beat Nellie. And I loved, loved, loved that project. I get a chill even telling you about it now. And so I'm hoping that this 1907 murder mashup mm. is going to be the same way for me. And there's, there's also a, a multicast, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a true crime. It, it sounds like I'm into crime, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's another book that's in the public domain that I want to do a multicast from. Yeah. And again, I just, I guess I just haven't had the, 
time to sit and think about how I want to make that happen because I think it's going to have six or eight other narrators with me and you know us being in different studios and coordinating everybody's work just takes a little more time on the front end to produce and so that one's kind of simmering on the back of the stove too with with the other mashup I, I love public domain I've got a whole article about public domain narration headquarters that goes into why I love it so much yeah. but there are so many great books there and it allows me such creative freedom and control that I tend to keep going to that well to yeah. come up with the next thing. Fantastic. Since, since my, the third anniversary of Narrator's Roadmap was just a few weeks ago on September 16th, my, my big thing then was to get the audiobook, uh, audiobook distributors comparison chart done. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a big thing in mind to add to the site at the moment because like I say I just did that <laughs> there's, there's probably another video course or two that are calling my my name but I haven't put time on working on them my goodness it sounds like you have the work ahead of you um, it's not very busy indeed it's always something to do and I, I always tell people better busy than bored oh absolutely absolutely isn't that the truth um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been such a pleasure um, talking to you. Um, is there anything, I'd just like to add a little bit of space at the end. Is there any anywhere that you would like to direct the viewers' attentions to? Anything that you've mentioned that you'd like to reiterate again or, or anything that you'd like to, to give a shout out to? Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. This has just been so fun to talk with you. And if I can be a little self-promotional as if I haven't been already. No, of course. Narrator's roadmap. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would love to offer viewers a 15% discount. Oh. So all they have to do is when they sign up, this is only for new members. I, I can't really do it for existing members because of the, the way the software is. But, but any new member signing up, I would love to offer a 15% discount to your viewers. And they just have to enter TABC Oh, the really? audiobook club <laughs> is the discount code when they sign up. Oh, fantastic. That is so kind of you. Thank you so much. I will shout that from the rooftops. <laughs> um, thank you very much. I, I really didn't expect you uh, to say it. So thank you. That, um, that really uh, means a lot. And I'm sure that the uh, listeners will appreciate that. Um, well, I, I appreciate it. And I, I should mention that I have three levels. I have monthly, semi-annually and yearly. And... If you want to see the casting directory, which I think is the primo thing that, well, I think it's all primo, but that's probably the leading one that people like the best. Uh, I only make that available to the six month and yearly members just because it is so um, different. Yeah. And I have to say, I don't include people's email addresses. I can only include stuff that's publicly available. I can't tell them you know, the rates they're paying or, you know, something that I can't verify publicly, I couldn't really put in there without getting everybody's permission. So I, I knew I would never get everybody's permission to, to put all these details. So I've just gone and combined everything I can find publicly, but it's amazing yeah. what I could find publicly. Yeah. And I do not use the word amazing on a general <laughs> level. The Eiffel Tower is amazing. The Grand Canyon is amazing. Uh, a, 
a dinner that somebody makes usually is not amazing. <laughs> but it has been really such a joy to talk with you this morning, and I appreciate it so much. And you're doing great things with your show and interviewing so many interesting people. And I know this is just going to be such a, a huge success for you, and it's a great way for you to show your work. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. That's very kind of you, and I, and I hope so. I'm just having a blast, you know. It's the, it's the most fun getting to chat with amazing people such as yourself, uh, and and of course it's it's a huge learning uh, learning experience for me, and you know opportunity to to uh, to chat and, and and grow that network, and it's just been a blast. But that just about does it for this episode of the Audiobook Club. All relevant links to social media accounts and of course narrator's roadmap will be available in the show notes, Karen. Thank you so, so much for joining me on the show once again. It's been such a pleasure um, and thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audiobook Club. This episode was sponsored by Pro Audio Voices. If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.